out of his schedule away from Rosedale Baptist Church and their ministry family there uh, to invest in us. And uh, how many of you have been here for all three nights thus far? Let me see your hand. All right, great crowd already. And uh, how many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you have never heard Pastor Scott Tool preach before this week? Before this week, never heard Pastor Scott Tool preach. All right, good number there too. Awesome. Pastor Scott Tool has been the pastor at Rosedale Baptist Church for 25 years uh, there at Rosedale. And he's pre- the thing that impresses me, Doc, is that you've preached through the Bible verse by verse a full cycle in that time. And uh, that is a goal here at Crossroads that we would accomplish the same thing. Not so that we could boast or brag, and I know that's not pastor's intention either, but to say that we've been able to expound the entire counsel of God. Not just segments, little pieces, but the entire, not looking over anything and trying to make sure that we cover everything that God has for us. And uh, great messages, Sunday night, Monday night, the greatest message I've ever heard on guilt last night, uh, overcoming guilt, and just an incredible thought from the Word of God, and a convicting truth, and looking forward to tonight. Pastor Tool, thank you so much for coming. Let's give him a hand for coming tonight. Love you, my friend. God bless you. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I was wondering why it was such good crowds. It's because uh, no one has heard me, and so uh, usually they hear me, they don't come back. But anyway, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. Uh, I love your pastor, I love this church, and it goes without saying. Uh, If I lived any closer, I would join Crossroads Baptist Church. It's just too far, uh, too long of a trip. But uh, if you're here and you've yet, you're still kicking the tires, you can stop kicking the tires. You found the right place. It's a great place. uh, And praise the Lord for the spirit here, what God's doing here. Uh, And if if I could change anything about Crossroads, I wouldn't change anything uh, about Crossroads. And praise the Lord. Uh, for that. Now, uh, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We've been looking at battles, uh, the battle against an uh, adversarial culture. That was kind of uh, Sunday night. And then uh, last night, the battle against guilt, the battle against guilt. And uh, I think all of us probably have had that at one time or another. Uh, And tonight, uh, remember we talked about how there's two truths in this passage. There's uh, one that's a very apparent apparent one. That's last night, guilt. Uh, There's one that's more of an embedded one. Uh, more of an uh, embedded one. And again, uh, the main characters are Paul, Titus, and the church at Corinth. Uh, if you're hearing this for the first time, it's because you slept through the first part. Anyway, uh, last night, uh, Paul, Titus, uh, and the church at Corinth. Uh, Paul planted that church in Acts chapter 18. He spent about a, a year and a half there, uh, teaching them, loving them, investing in them, preaching to them, uh, being a blessing uh, for them. Uh, and now uh, he's already written the first epistle uh, to Corinthians, to the Corinthians, the first epistle to the church at, uh, at Corinth, uh, and he's placed it into Titus's hand. Uh, Titus is going to make that trip. Uh, he's going to take that letter. Uh, he's going to, for a time after delivering that letter, minister to them. Uh, and now Titus is coming back, uh, but he's kind of summarizing this. And try to stay with me, uh, because I think if you, if you get Uh, What we'll see tonight, uh, I think it'll uh, help motivate and help keep you on the right side of this. Uh, It's a battle that at times uh, I fight. And so put down number one, if you will, Paul modeled right words. Paul modeled uh, right words. Uh, uh, Let the the, uh, words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart uh, be acceptable in thy sight. Uh, And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 
he modeled uh, those right words. We talked about it last night, how uh, to them, to them, he spoke pointedly. About them, he spoke positively. To them, and I'm telling you, to them, uh, he didn't pull any punches when he uh, told, told them uh, to them. It was to them uh, about their divisions, to them, uh, their immoral, to them, uh, their carnal, to them, to them. Uh, talking about how you're taking brother uh, to court against brother, to them. Uh, he talked about how you're perverting the Lord's Supper, and to them. Uh, talking about doctrinal errors that they had. Uh, but he spoke all of that as a friend that loves a friend, uh, willing to offend to help them stay right. Uh, he spoke that uh, to them, uh, but now uh, we're going to see how he talked to Titus about them, and, and it couldn't have been any more different. Uh, put down underneath that, Paul modeling right words. Uh, why? Why? Uh, the weight of his ministry, the weight of this ministry, the right words, the right words. Uh, look at verse 5, why it's needed. For uh, when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Uh, living the Christian life uh, at times can be physically draining. At times can be uh, wearisome. At times it can be uh, hard work and exhausting, uh, physically draining. Uh, our flesh had no rest, but uh, we were troubled on every side, mentally disrupting. Uh, there's times he looked around and there was enemies on the left side, right side, in front of him, uh, behind him. Uh, and that's not just in ministry, that's in the Christian life. Uh, the, uh, our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, walketh about, uh, seeking whom he may devour. And don't get nervous when hard times come. Uh, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, uh, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Boy, it's a normal, don't get nervous, it's a normal part of the Christian life. Don't get nervous, it's a normal part of even church life. When you're headed the right direction, there's going to be adversaries. And so uh, the reason the right words are important is because uh, Christianity, ministry, can be uh, physically draining, mentally disrupting. Uh, it can also be emotionally distressing. Look at verse 5. For when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, physically draining, but were troubled on every side, mentally disrupting, uh, with outward fightings, with inward fears, emotionally distressing. Uh, now look at his approach, though. Verse 6, nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, that are cast down. Uh, he's already said in chapter 4, this epistle, uh, we're troubled on every side yet not distressed, perplexed, yet not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. And so uh, our God, our God that comforted those that are cast down, comforted us, now look at it, by the coming of Titus, by the coming of Titus, don't miss this. If you miss this, you're not going to get this. Uh, and he's already said in chapter two uh, that, that I had no rest in my spirit because I found out Titus. I found out Titus, my brother, and so I'm comforted. I'm comforted by the coming of, of Titus, verse 7, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. He was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoice the more. Now, 8 through 12, we saw uh, uh, last night how uh, he was pointed to them, but don't miss the fact that in talking about them, uh, he wasn't airing it out. 
In talking about them, he wasn't dragging them down. In talking about them, he was absolutely lifting them up. Look at 13. Therefore, we were comforted in your comfort, uh, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. For if I have boasted anything to him of you, I'm not ashamed. But as we spake all things of you in truth, talking about uh, when he was pointed, it was truth, it was truth, uh, when he was pointed, even so our boasting, even so the, the positive, uh, which I made before Titus, it's true just like that other was true, just like the negative was true, the positive here uh, that I'm boasting about you uh, is found a truth, and his inward affection is more abundant toward you, while he remembereth the obedience uh, of you all. Now, it's a little complicated, uh, but if you unpack it and then you see it, uh, it will impact you, or it did me. And so here he is, uh, Paul, that first epistle to the church at Corinth. Uh, in Titus's hand, he placed it. And so Titus is going to make the trip. He's going to deliver it to them. Uh, but Paul, before he goes, boy, preps him up, uh, gets his mind set straight, uh, gets his vision looking the right way, uh, and, and instead of uh, uh, being a bummer and dragging them down and talking about uh, them negatively, uh, instead he preps Titus. He informs Titus about the church at Corinth, but it wasn't the negative. Uh, he didn't start out saying, hey, be careful, they have divisions, chapter 1. Hey, be careful, they're carnal, chapter 3. Hey, be careful, they're immoral, chapter 5. Hey, be careful, uh, they're, they're judicially uh, taking each other to court uh, in chapter 6. They're, they're uh, parading uh, proudly their preferences uh, publicly, uh, uh, chapter number 8. And, hey, be careful about them. It wasn't him leading a, 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 a reading a laundry list to Titus about how bad they are. And by the way, all of those were true. All of those were facts about them, but that wasn't the whole story about them. Uh, and about the negative, he talked to them. Uh, about the negative, he talked to them. Uh, and when he was talking about them, uh, he wasn't talking about the negative. Uh, when he was talking about them, boy, he was boasting on them. Uh, now keep looking at it and you'll see it. Uh, and it's funny because we do quite the opposite. In talking to them, it's flattery. In talking to them, it's positive. But then when they're not around, and then we're talking about them, boy, they're, well, really, it's like this. And really, the division, the carnality, the morality, and boy, they got problems, they got problems. Hey, be ready, Titus. Hey, they got problems. But instead of blasting them to Titus, he's boasting on them to Titus. Same group of people. Same group of people. And instead of dragging them down, he's building them up to Titus. And that's the weight the weight of his words uh, is because Christianity is heavy anyway, uh, because ministry at times can be hard anyway. Uh, it's bad enough without just shading it uh, and, and negatively uh, adding to it and uh, talking uh, 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 wrongly about it. But now number two, the words of his mouth. Uh, the weight of this ministry are words, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, when it's a negative thing, talk to them, talk to them. Uh, but when you're talking about them, hey, make sure you're not airing. That's gossip. 
that's that's uh, 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 being a talebearer. A talebearer would have been him telling Titus all the negative, uh, rather than to them pointedly about them positively. Look at verse number fourteen. For if I have boasted anything to him of you, to Titus, of you, church at Corinth. Or more literally, when I boasted about you. Now, don't forget, this is the church that's carnal. This is the church that's divisive. Hey, this is the church that's immoral. Hey, this is the church that, that is parading their preferences publicly. Proud about that. Uh, and he, he said, I boasted about you. And I'm, look at it again. For if I boasted anything to him of you, I'm not ashamed. But as we spake all things to you in truth when it was pointedly, even so our boasting, which I've made before Titus about you, is found a truth. Uh, basically, he's saying, okay, Titus, you're going to take this letter to the church at Corinth, but before you go, hey, there's a few things you need to know. They're fervent. They have a heart for God. They love the Lord. Their service, their dedication. Uh, you're going to be impressed. You're going to be impressed. He's prepping Titus for what he wants Titus to see in them. He's predisposing Titus, uh, basically giving him the lens to look through. Uh, he could have said, hey, 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 look for immorality. You're going to find it if you look for it. Hey, hey look for that uh, division, that carnality. You're going to find it if you look for it. Hey, be looking for the negative. Be looking for the negative. No, he didn't prep him that way. He prepped him quite the opposite, talking about the positive, talking about the praiseworthy, uh, bragging on them. Uh, it wasn't there an immoral mess. That's only part of it. Hey, it wasn't their divisive. Hey, that's only part of it. Uh, to Titus, to Titus. Now, he said that to them. But when he was talking about them, it was, Titus, you're going to be blessed by this church. Uh, I mean, this church has a heart for God. They love the Lord. Uh, I can't wait till you meet them uh, because you're going to be uplifted by them. Basically, Paul uh, was living out the verse in Ephesians where it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of, of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so to them, oh yes, faithful are the wounds of a friend, to them, to them. As iron sharpeneth iron, uh, uh, so a man sharpeneth, sharpeneth, but that's, that's to them. Uh, but in talking about them, boy, he didn't highlight the negative, quite the opposite. And so he's prepping Titus to see the positive. Uh, he's predisposing Titus to see the praiseworthy. Uh, and can I say this? It's human nature to highlight the negative. Uh, it's human nature to point out the negative. Uh, it's human nature. I don't need someone prepping me uh, to be fault-finding. Uh, I think we are that by nature. Uh, and, and, and so uh, Paul, instead of doing that, uh, Paul went exactly the opposite way and said, hey, hey Titus, when you get there, understand. Uh, when you get there, you're going to see some good people with a heart for God. He's praising them to Titus. Uh, and in so doing, he's prepping Titus in what Titus was going to be looking for. He didn't blast them to Titus. He boasted on them to Titus. He coaches him up. He sends him off. He uh, interacts. Titus interacts with them, and he comes back. Uh, and look at the report that Titus brings back. Look at verse number 6. Nevertheless, God, that comforted those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. 
And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. I was really just excited about the excitement he had about you. I was so lifted up and so encouraged by the encouragement that he saw in you, the encouragement he had about you. But don't forget, it started with Paul being encouraging to Titus. Titus encouraging that church. That church encouraging Titus. Now, Titus comes back to Paul, uh, and Paul's saying, hey, I was comforted, uh, uh, not, not, just, uh, not just because he's comforting me, but because of the comfort that he gleaned from you when he told us your. Here's what he told us about you. Here's what he told us about you. Titus told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me so that I rejoiced the more. And so Titus, when he came back, said, Paul, you were right. They're great Christians. Hey, Paul, you were right. Uh, they love the Lord. Hey, Paul, you were right. Uh, they're, they're, they're serving God with all of their heart. Paul, you were right. You understand it could have went the other way. Paul, you were right. They were an immoral mess. Paul, you were right. They're not worth even. Why are we ministering to them? Paul, you were right. You were right how negatively you talked about them. But understand, Paul, in praising them, was prepping Titus to see the praiseworthy in them. He was lifting him up in order to lift them up. And then they lifted Titus up. Coming back, Titus then lifted Paul up. I think it was Stephen Covey that gave that leadership illustration about how he held up a picture of a young lady to half the crowd. Uh, she had uh, just, her skin was young, her hair and everything uh, was just, and then to the other half of the crowd, he uh, held up this picture of an older lady, maybe crow's feet, maybe uh, a few wrinkles, and maybe some uh, gray in her hair. Uh, and then after he prepped them, he prepped them, he predisposed them, he predisposed them, uh, then he held up a third picture to all of them that was a conglomeration of the first two pictures. Uh, and inevitably, the ones that were prepped to see the younger lady, uh, when they were asked to describe that third picture, uh, they pointed out all of the things about that younger lady in that picture. Uh, and the ones that were predisposed uh, to see that older lady, uh, when they were asked to describe that picture, uh, they described all of the traits, crow's feet and the gray in the hair. Well, you'll end up, see, you'll end up seeing what you're looking for. Uh, you'll end up seeing what you're looking for. The fault-finding Pharisees were looking to find fault, uh, and they found fault even in the sinless Son of God. And so Paul, realizing this, said, boy, I want to make sure I prepped him. I predispose him. Uh, not a picture of a younger lady, not a picture of an older lady, uh, but I want to make sure that I predispose him. Yes, it's going to be true. Yes, it's going to be truth, but it's going to be about their, their heart, their, their fervency, their, their walk with God. And Titus, Titus, a great group of people. And Titus, when he went there, he saw that. And Titus, in coming back to Paul, boy, told him about that. Paul, you were right. They were a great group of people. Paul basically said, I boasted, I boasted on you all to Titus, and that's why when he got there, he wasn't digging up dirt. That's why when he got there, he wasn't finding a fault. That's why when he got there, he wasn't looking for the worst. That's why when he got there, he wasn't seeing shadows. He wasn't seeing shadows. By the way, 
I think it's curious that it's the book of Titus. Remember the three characters, Paul, Titus, Corinth. Uh, It's Titus chapter number one that says, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto the unbelieving and defiled is not anything pure, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Paul wrote that to Titus. Paul already lived that to Titus when he was pointing out the positive, talking to them pointedly, talking about them positively. Uh, And now uh, Titus comes back saying, Paul, you were right. That earnest desire, that great heart that they have. Look at 13. Therefore, we were comforted in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus because his spirit was refreshed by you all. He couldn't wait to minister to you. Uh, He couldn't wait to to get there uh, and to uh, interact with you. Uh, He couldn't wait to fellowship uh, with you, 14, for if I have boasted anything to him of you, I'm not ashamed, but as we spake all things to you in truth, pointedly, uh, even so our boasting about you positively, uh, which I made before Titus, is found a, a truth. Is anyone following this at all? Our positive words, our our positive words come full cycle uh, and they end up blessing us. Our negative words, uh, our negative words come full cycle and they end up hurting us. And so the weight of this ministry, the words, the right words, death and life, death and life, uh, power of the tongue. uh, But then the words of his mouth look number next at the results with this mindset. The results with this mindset, and again, uh, we're going to trudge through it again. If you see it, if you get it, verse 6, Nevertheless, God that comforted those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning. He told that to me. Your fervent mind towards me so that I rejoice the more. Well, it's not a spiraling vortex of death. Uh, Negativity, 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 negativity. Uh, It can be a spiraling vortex of death, but uh, when it's positive, it's an uplifting pyramid of praise. In 13, again, therefore we were comforted in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was comforted by you, was refreshed by you all, and now he's refreshing me. Uh, is this making sense to anybody at all? Second Corinthians chapter number one. Do we have that passage to put on the screens? If not, uh, it may be worth turning back uh, to Second Corinthians chapter number one. This is all in the second epistle to the church at Corinth. Uh, in verse number one, don't miss this. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse number one. But I determined this with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I made you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad? But the same which is made sorry by me, I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting myself. And I wrote this same unto you last when I came. I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. 
Boy, our words about the company can taint and tone a co-worker's vision of the company. And then that co-worker's vision of the company, when it comes full cycle, can taint and tone the perception we have of that company. In fact, we've seen it in church at our place before where a staff member will only take negativity home to the wife, negativity home to the wife. Well, this is wrong and that's wrong. Uh, and, and she's not able to see the miracles and the blessings, and she's, she's not as involved as he is, and he's not sharing that with her, and then uh, negativity, 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 and then uh, eventually her heart turns toxic, and even if he gets right, uh, even if he realizes, yeah, no place is perfect. Uh, yeah, there's going to be struggles wherever, whatever the place is where I'm ministering. Hey, even if his heart gets right, he's so toned her to toxic that she ends up dragging him out. Is anybody with me on this at all? Well, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. As iron sharpeneth iron. As iron sharpeneth iron. By the way, how could Paul be so positive about this church that had so many problems? I think there's a couple lessons that I can learn from that. Uh, he founded it, planted it, started it in Acts chapter 18. He spent a year and a half there. And so if anyone's going to call them on the carpet about something, and he did, uh, it should have been Paul. He was the closest to them. He was the closest to them. And so to them, pointed. To them, pointed. Division, chapter 1, and carnality, chapter 3, and immorality, chapter 5, and and, and, and that uh, brother taking brother to court chapter. In fact, I think one of the most common phrases used in 1 Corinthians was, I speak this to your shame. I speak this to your shame. I speak this to your shame. But, but he also had a heart for them. He had a heart for them. Uh, rather than just saying, yeah, you're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. The divisions, the carnality, the immorality. No, no. He had enough love to, to talk to them directly but he also had enough love when he was talking about them to Titus. It's not about that immoral mess, not about perverting the Lord's table, not about, uh, about proud personality-driven, uh, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, uh, because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, and Paul invested and invested and invested uh, and loved and gave time and gave, gave treasure there. Uh, he invested uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. He had a heart for them. Uh, and out of the abundance of the heart, uh, out of the abundance of the heart. Hey, Titus, boy, I love this group. Hey, hey Titus, boy, I ministered to them a year and a half and uh, bless, uplifted, sacrificed for them. Uh, and there's so much good in them, so much positive in them. Titus, uh, I can't wait till you meet them. Uh, you're going to be blessed by them. Uh, and then when Titus went there, coming back, he said, man, they're great. Uh, they're great. Everything you said about them, I found to be true. Uh, and now Titus is coming back uh, and encouraging Paul. But it all started with, and so I think the battle that I have every once in a while uh, is uh, it's easy to be negative, easy to be negative, easy to be negative. It's a battle that I, uh, I have. But, but what we need to realize is when we're negative to that person, they end up seeing negative. They end up receiving negativity. They end up becoming more negative. And on the backside, they dump their negativity and I become even more negative. Is anyone seeing that at all? And so, point number one, Paul modeled right words with his lips. Paul 
modeled right words with his lips. Second Corinthians was written in about 55 AD. Titus, Paul Titus Corinth, Paul Titus Corinth. Uh, Titus, the book of Titus uh, was written, that pastoral epistle, uh, around 65 AD, 10 years later, 10 years later. And so put down number two, Paul modeled right words with his lips to Titus. And then 10 years later, Paul messaged right words in his letter to Titus. He messaged right words in his letter to Titus. Hey, hey Titus, uh, you're about to go past, or at least uh, you're going to pastor at Crete, at Crete. And you say, well, uh, what about in Titus chapter 1 where, where it says, rebuke them sharply, Paul told Titus. Rebuke them sharply. Yeah, that's to them, to them. That's to them. But about them, uh, now Titus, uh, when I was pastoring, you saw it in me. Remember back when you took the letter and I praised them and was uplifting about them and how that went full cycle. Uh, and now I, I, I modeled that for you. And now let me message that to you because you're going to be pastoring, number one, Make sure your words are his words. Make sure your words are God's words. Uh, you'll never go wrong if your words are his words. It's in Titus, Paul, Titus, Corinth. Uh, Titus chapter 2, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Boy, when your words are his words, when his words are your words, you can't possibly go wrong. In fact, parents, parents, in Deuteronomy it says, lay up these, my words, in your heart and in your soul and bind them, my words, for a sign in your hand, that they may be as frontlets to your eyes, my words, and ye shall teach them, my words, your children, speaking of them, my words, when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up, you'll never go wrong when your words are speaking his words. No wonder the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart, in my heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Boy, there's times that you'll be bumped in life. Uh, uh, and like that glass of water, when you're bumped, it spills out. Hey, when I'm bumped, the thing I want to spill out is not uh, negative and anger and angst and, uh, and just uh, spite. Uh, what I want to spill out when I'm bumped is the Word of God, the love of the Lord, the forgiveness of our Savior. And so uh, he modeled it for Titus. Positive, 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 came back positive. And now he's messaging it to Titus. It was uh, in, in his lips that, that he did it with Titus. And now uh, it's in the letter that, that he's given to Titus. Uh, make sure your words are his words. But now number two, make sure your words are healthy words, are healthy words, uh, are healthy words. Again, uh, Paul wrote Titus, that pastoral epistle to Titus, chapter 2, verse number 7. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech, sound, healthy speech, uh, not just sound doctrine, his words, but now sound speech, healthy speech, healthy words that cannot be condemned. And again, Ephesians chapter 4, let no corrupting communication, uh, let no corrupting communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of, of edifying, building up, 
Uh, It may minister grace, 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 gracious words unto the hearers. And so, uh, okay, Titus, you saw how I did it back then, 10 years ago. Uh, And now let me tell you that you need to do that too as a a Christian, as a servant of God. Uh, Make sure your words are his words. Make sure your words are are, are healthy words. Make sure your words are holy words, uh, are holy words. Titus 3, 2, speak evil of no man. Speak evil of no man. Listen, if, if we ever get to the point where, okay, God, I want to filter all of my speech, all of my speech uh, through the lens of the Word of God. I want to make sure that, that I don't speak wrong things. I don't speak hurtful things. I don't speak hard things. I don't speak uh, negative things. I want to make sure I speak your word. I want to make sure I speak sound words, healthy words. And I want to make sure that that I speak holy words, speak evil of no man. Hey, Titus, are you getting this? You getting this? I I modeled this with my lips back then 10 years ago, and now I'm messaging this to you with this this letter, this pastoral epistle. And so number four, not only his words, healthy words, holy words, hey, make sure your words are helpful, helpful words, helpful words. Uh, words. Titus chapter 3, verse number 9. Again, Paul, Titus, uh, verse number 9. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they're unprofitable, they're, they're unhelpful, they're, they're unprofitable and vain. I think about Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, about the things that we're supposed to think about. Uh, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, uh, things that are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. Uh, And if I'm supposed to think on these things, hey, mark it down. I'm supposed to also speak on these things. A true friend is one that's going to take you to task every once in a while and say, hey, you're wrong in this area. Uh, you're wrong in this area. You, you shouldn't do that. Hey, I just want to make sure that you hear it. Uh, I, I love you. I want the best for you. Uh, and you know that. And, and faithful are the wounds. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, but those wounds are what make me better. I need to hear the truth from a friend. Uh, I'm going to hear the truth. But, but, but when that friend's not around, a, a true friend talking about them it isn't going to be wearing them out. It isn't going to be running them down. Uh, isn't going to be negatively talking about them. Uh, yes, pointedly to them, uh, but positively in talking uh, about them. Put down number three and we're done. Paul modeled right words with his lips. And I think we hopefully saw that in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. If you're not, you're, you're uh, editing your grocery list for this week already on the back. You're uh, doodling on the back. Anyway, uh, and so uh, Paul modeled right words with his lips. He messaged right words with his letter to Titus. Titus, you saw how I lived that, praising them, and then uh, you were uplifted by them, and then uh, you came back and uh, uplifted me by saying, uh, everything that you boasted about them, I found to be true. Uh, Everything that you boasted about them, I found to be true. Uh, And comfort, 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 that that pyramid, that uplifting pyramid of praise. And, uh, And then he messaged right words with his letter. Now, Titus, you saw it. Uh, now make sure your words are, are his words, are holy words, are, are healthy words. Make sure your words are, are helpful words. Number lastly, number three, Paul modeled right words. He messaged right words. And now uh, lastly, how could he do that is because he mimicked the right words of the Lord. Uh, he mimicked 
the right words of the Lord. He modeled the right words with his lips. He messaged the right words with his uh, letter, uh, but it's all because he mimicked the right words of his Lord. Uh, and by that I mean, if I'm a child of God, uh, if you're a child of God, uh, God doesn't see you, okay, let, let's see, the devil knows my name, but calls me by my sin. My Savior knows my sin, but calls me by my name. He calls me by my name. In fact, we saw yesterday, when we confess that sin, he remembers it no more. He remembers it no more. In fact, uh, if I'm in Christ, if I'm in Christ, uh, the great switcheroo, it's a doctrinal term, uh, the great switch, switcheroo, uh, 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 the substitutionary death, uh, how uh, imputation, uh, he who knew no sin was made to be sin, was made to be sin, was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Lord laid the iniquity of us all uh, on him. The Lord laid the iniquity of us all uh, on him. Uh, and when God on the cross looked at him, he saw our sin. Uh, and that's how the perfect sinless lamb of God was able to, to take my place, to die on the cross for my sin. But at salvation, at salvation, yes, on the cross, he took my sin. And at salvation, I was given his righteousness. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And if any man be in Christ, uh, we're in Christ. If you're saved, born again, we're in Christ. We have the very righteousness of God. And the way God saw the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 2, the church of God, sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, called saints. Uh, verse number 5, you're enriched by him. Uh, verse number six, uh, you have the testimony of Christ. It's confirmed in you. You're behind in no spiritual gift. You're waiting for the coming of the Lord. Uh, you're, you're confirming, uh, confirming uh, your, your, your position to the end, uh, being found blameless uh, in the day of the Lord. Uh, all of these words are describing how God views that church. That's Now, wait a second. It was divisive chapter one. It was carnal chapter two. It was immoral chapter 5. It was suing each other, uh, brothers against brothers, uh, chapter 6. It was proudly parading their preferences, uh, chapter 8. It was perverting the Lord's table, table chapter 11. Uh, it was doctrinally messed up, chapter number uh, 14. But because they're in Christ, because they're in Christ. I love in Romans, uh, it says that he's a propitiation for our sins in Romans. I think it's chapter number four. In fact, I know it's chapter number four. I don't know what verse it is. But anyway, he's a propitiation for our sins. Uh, the Greek word there used for propitiation is a different word than is usually word, uh, used in the New Testament for that. Uh, and that word used there is only rendered one other time, and it's in Hebrews, and, and there it's rendered mercy seat. He's our mercy seat. He's our mercy seat. And what that speaks to my heart is uh, those Ten Commandments, 
those broken Ten Commandments, uh, those Ten Commandments, all ten of them, uh, were broken before Moses ever delivered them to them. Those broken Ten Commandments, the Shekinah glory of God, the, the manifest presence of God hovering above, hovering above, looking down, looking down, doesn't see all the commandments we've broken. It looks down through the blood applied onto the mercy seat, that covering. He's our mercy seat. And when God looks down, he doesn't see my sin. He sees the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you talk about salvation and forgiveness. You talk about a merciful God. No wonder, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. The sons of God. Boy, Jesus Christ, God put all of our sin on him and treated him like we should have been. And at salvation, God put all of his righteousness on us uh, and treated us the way he always deserves to be treated. He treat his, treats us like a child, a son, or a daughter of God. Is anyone making sense of this at all? And so the reason Paul could be um, as positive as he was about them, oh yeah, he had a lot of dirt on him. Uh, as a preacher, as a friend, he, he didn't ignore it. He, he charged them, challenged them. He rebuked them. But it was to them. It was to them. About them? No, it was praise, positive. About them, uh, it was earnest desire, more. Boy, their zeal. About them, they have a heart for God. About them. Uh, and then Titus went and said, boy, how you boasted. Uh, everything was true. I saw everything was true. I was uplifted. And then he came back uh, and he uplifted Paul. Paul modeled it for Titus. And then Paul messaged it to Titus. Holy words, healthy words, helpful words, uh, wholesome words. And then, uh, and then uh, the reason we see Paul could do any of that uh, is because he's basically mimicking how God treats and sees and relates to us. Uh, and that's, uh, you say, well, pastor, wasn't he looking through rose-colored glasses? Wasn't he kind of looking through rose-colored glasses? And I would say when he was boasting and praising. And I would say God is kind of looking at us through blood-covered glasses, rose-colored glasses. You see, every sin I committed, every bad word, every bad thought, every wrong action placed on him, and at salvation, every right word, every right action, every right thought that he had was placed on me. And what a privilege to have a heavenly father that considers me to be his son, considers me to be his child. It should be pretty easy for me to, uh, yes, have a friend that, that is pointed to me, but a good enough friend when I'm not around to be positive about me. That's the kind of friend I want to be. Lord, I do pray. It was a lot. Uh, Paul, Titus, and the church at Corinth. It was a lot. But God, I do pray that you'll give clarity. You'll help us to uh, have an understanding of your word that we'll grasp it, we'll see it. And Lord, we'll continue to be convicted and challenged by it. And God, start with me. Start with me. Boy, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the busyness of ministry, I understand the need for this. 
Boy, it plays out on a regular basis. And I even understand the, the charge that you've given to us about this, but, but sometimes it's easy to slip into that, that negative nitpicking, fault-finding, kind of a, a carnal, kind of a, a talking about, talking about in a negative way. But help me to have enough love for my friends to be pointed to them. But help me to have enough love for my friends to be positive about them. And God, we will give you the praise for all that you do in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As our music team comes, we're going to take just a moment tonight and we're going to ask the Lord to help us with what we've heard tonight. And we're going to commit to Him. Uh, what he's worked in our hearts and our lives on. And maybe you just need to ask the Lord to help you to be positive, not be that negative, uh, be that influencer, not that distractor or detractor. Uh, maybe be that person that is a friend. Uh, like it says in verse 9, that same chapter, God is faithful, God is faithful, uh, for by, by whom you're called under the fellowship of his Son. So maybe you need to be that. Uh, the altar is open if you want to come and pray. Maybe you want to pray uh, with the person that's right there with your seat. Uh, the team is going to sing Goodness of God. You can sing it along. Uh, we're thankful for His goodness. But He didn't just save us just to enjoy what we have, but rather to share it with someone else. So let's sing the goodness of God tonight. And if you need to pray, come to the altar. You can pray there in your seat. But let's stand and let's sing together this song. Thank you. 